0: Good morning. Well, for the record, uh, when I went to school, uh, I did have a backpack, uh, but it was good to have all the kids up here for that. Uh, as we begin, would you join me in a word of prayer? Lord, be the words of my mouth, may the thoughts and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, for those of you who've seen it, it's almost impossible to forget. The sun rising over a rural Russian village, the sound of a rooster crowing off in the distance, and then the silhouette of a man playing a fiddle on the roof. And that's when you meet him, Tevye, the main character in this Broadway production-turned-box-office hit. Here, in the little village of Anatevka, he says, you might just say, that every single one of us is a fiddler on the roof. And then he goes on to describe the two very important tasks that a fiddler on the roof has. First, to scratch out a pleasant, simple tune. And then second, to do so without falling off the roof. And while these two things seem relatively simple by themselves, uh, put them together, Tevye tells us, and it isn't easy. Now you see, at least in a nutshell, is what this movie, what this uh, Broadway production is all about, putting two relatively simple things together. And not just uh, playing a fiddle on the roof, but putting together our beliefs and our behavior. I mean, what does that look like? What does it look like to live out what we believe? Well, Tevye tells us, it isn't easy. And in this movie, he doesn't just tell us, he shows us. You see, if you've ever seen the movie Fiddler on the Roof, then you know that Teviev is the uh, the leader, the uh, head of a Jewish household. And as the head of a Jewish household, it is his job to make sure that his three daughters marry the right kind of men. Men who will provide for them, men who will take care of them, men who will reflect the kind of beliefs that he has. And as the movie progresses, you discover there's a problem. And it's a huge problem if you're a guy like Tevi and you actually want to live out what you believe. You see, you've finally found the right kind of man for your oldest daughter to marry. I mean, he's going to provide for her and take care of her and reflect your beliefs. I mean, he's, uh, he's Jewish. He's wealthy. He's, he's a widowed butcher. But there's a problem. And it's pretty easy to guess. Your daughter wants to marry for love. And she doesn't love the man that you've picked. She loves this poor Jewish tailor. And and it creates this challenge, the challenge of, of putting together your beliefs and your behavior. And as the story unfolds, to make matters worse, you'll learn that this is the exact same thing going on with your next two daughters. They both want to marry for love. And it forces you to answer the question, what does it look like to live out what you believe? So this is a very challenging question that Tevye faces in this movie and uh, it is the challenge of scratching out a pleasant, simple tune without falling off the roof. And quite honestly, it's the challenge that many of us face every single day. I mean, as followers of Jesus, as Christians, we believe all sorts of things, things about who God is, things about how he calls us to live. But eventually, life forces those two relatively simple things together, and we have to answer Tevia's question, what does it look like to live out what we believe? And the hard and difficult and challenging message that Jesus shares today in our reading is that it isn't easy. And that's why we need someone who's going to do just that, someone who's actually going to live out what they believe, who's going to be honest, who's going to tell us the truth, who's going to show us the way things really are. And this, this is what Jesus does. He points out all the mismatched places in our lives. But here's the thing. When he does, when he looks at them, he also says to you, no matter how mismatched they are, you can still belong to me. Now, you see, it brings us uh, to this very challenging reading from Mark chapter 7. As the curtain rises, we find Jesus ministering in and around the Sea of Galilee. He's feeding the hungry. He's healing the sick. He's inviting people to follow him. And what we learn is that it's beginning to attract all sorts of attention, not just uh, the attention of local folks, people who desperately need him, but the attention of religious leaders, A people from 75 miles south in the city of Jerusalem who at the beginning of today's reading travel north to have a discussion with him. And their opening observation seems pretty innocuous to all of us. We notice that, you know, your disciples aren't washing their hands before they sit down to eat. And while it seems pretty innocuous... It's more like a loaded revolver. I mean, it's sort of like uh, someone coming up to a group of pastors and saying, hey, you know, we notice that you're sleeping in on Sunday mornings and then golfing instead of going to church. I mean, these these are fighting words. And if you're listening really closely, then you notice uh, that Jesus is set off by what they have to say. And he opens it almost full throttle. You know, the prophet Isaiah sure had it right, he says to them. Because he must have been speaking about you because he was speaking about hypocrites. And from there, he only accelerates. I mean, he covers a wide variety of topics, topics like purity laws, the commandments, and then the inner workings of the human heart. And if you're anything like me, it makes you wonder, you know, what is going on here? Because as a grade school teacher once told me, when two boys get into a fight out on the playground, There's always more going on than initially meets the eye. And I think the really tempting thing to believe in today's reading is that this argument is about tradition. That the religious leaders do one thing and that Jesus and his disciples do another. But that would be a huge mistake. Because this argument isn't about that. It's not about fake traditions that the religious leaders have and real religion that Jesus shows people like us. It's about the challenge of putting two relatively simple things together, our beliefs and our behavior. It's about what it looks like to live out what we believe. And you know, uh, if truth be told, this is exactly what the religious leaders are trying to do. And on one point, they're getting it exactly right. But on another point, they couldn't be further off. And that's the problem that Jesus is about to identify. And to understand the point that they're getting exactly right, to better understand uh, the ritual washing of hands, a little bit of background is helpful. You see, it all starts back in the book of Exodus, when God tells his people, this is what it looks like to live out what you believe. When you come into my presence... When you enter the temple, when you approach the altar, you've got to wash your hands, and it's not just tradition for tradition's sake. It's it's God's way of showing His people that they belong to Him. Now, time passes; uh, the temple gets destroyed, and eventually, the people begin to wonder, you know, what do we do now? And the religious leaders, uh, they come up with a pretty creative answer. Well, since the, uh, since the temple altar's been destroyed, we'll just wash our hands before we go to our home altars. Uh, which is another way of saying, we're going to wash our hands before we sit down to eat. And on this point, they're getting it exactly right. I mean, think about it. They are actually living out what they believe. But there's a problem. And this is why Jesus calls them out. Because even though they're living out what they believe in this one area of their life, they're ignoring it a whole bunch of others. You're not following the commandments, Jesus says to them. You're not honoring your mother and father. That's what he goes on to tell them. And the significant thing for people like us to grasp is that this passage isn't about these traditions. This passage is about hypocrisy. And that's why Jesus calls these religious leaders out. And it's his way of showing us almost 2,000 years later that, that it's a challenge, that it's hard to put together our beliefs and our behavior. Or as Tevye tells us, it just isn't easy. Now, uh, a little over a week ago, as many of you know, uh, the Republican senator from the state of Arizona Uh, died of brain cancer. And if you happen to catch uh, his memorial service uh, last Thursday morning in the state of Arizona, uh, then you probably noticed something pretty unique. My name is Joe Biden. That's what our former vice president said. A Democrat. My name is Joe Biden. I'm a Democrat, and I loved John McCain as he goes on, uh, he explains exactly why he loved the senator. John followed a different code, he explains. A code where honor, courage, integrity, and duty were still very much alive. And I think this is why over the past week or so, all sorts of people, regardless of political loyalties and partisanship, have been offering praise for the senator, not because the moment calls for it, but because John McCain was a man of character. I mean, he faced uh, the challenge that many of us face, putting together our beliefs and our behavior. And more often than not, by and large, this man managed to live out what he believed. You know, it's a challenge. As a pastor, this is uh, something that I probably wrestle with every single day. I mean, how do, how do my words, how do my actions, how does my behavior uh, reflect the kind of beliefs that I have? And, and I know that I'm not the only one who wrestles with this. I mean, parents, teachers, employers, just about every single person I know wrestles with this question. And it's hard. And that's why we need someone in our lives who's going to live out what they believe because it is so easy to fool ourselves. It is so easy to wash our hands and tell ourselves, we don't need to worry about this because, look, we've already got it. And that's why Jesus is just so important because he is the one who is going to be honest. He's the one who's going to tell us the truth. He's the one who is going to show us the way that things work really are and as uncomfortable as it is as he points out all the mismatched places in our lives unlike the scribes unlike the pharisees unlike all of the other places that you can go in this world when he points them out he also looks at you and says no matter how mismatched they are you can still belong to me a couple of months ago, Pastor Rico preached a sermon about the United States Air Force and uh, the concepts of belonging, behaving, believing, and becoming. And he explained uh, that those four concepts that are belonging, that are believing, that are behaving, and, and ultimately are becoming are, are integral to the life of faith. Not about you, but uh, the powerful thing, at least for me, is that even though it is difficult, even though it's challenging to hold together our believing and our behaving, the promise that Jesus makes is that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how mismatched your life is, you can still belong to me. You see, our belonging as followers of Jesus, our belonging as Christians, isn't dependent on how well we hold these two things together. It is not dependent on how well we live out what we believe. It is dependent on what Jesus did some 2,000 years ago on a cross for all of us. And it's those things that he did all those years ago that give us freedom. The freedom we need, the freedom we need to, to live and to learn and to grow and then by his grace and through his love to eventually become The kind of people he calls us to be. And so on a day like today when we hear a a reading like this, a hard reading, it's my hope and prayer that, that God would bless you as you continue to follow him. As you ask that difficult question, what does it look like to live out the kind of things that we believe? And even though it isn't easy, even though it's going to make us ask some of the most difficult and challenging questions that we will ever face in life, Jesus is the one who makes it possible. I mean, he's the one who enables his disciples all those years ago. He's the one who enables people like Joe Biden and John McCain. He's the one who enables us to scratch out a pleasant, simple tune. Because as Tevye tells us, every single one of us is a fiddler on the roof. Amen. Now may the peace of God who surpasses all understanding keep your hearts in your minds, in Christ Jesus. Amen.